So, uh, any possibility of, uh, tonight being the night we finally push the beds together? <laughs> Good night, Brian. Come on. Jeez, enough with that already. You're like a dog with a bone. Tell me about it. I'll be in the basement. Doing what? What do you think? To look here no more. I got the horses in the back, horse tack is attached, hat is Maddie Black, got the boots and flat to match. Riding on a horse, you can whip your Porsche. I'm not a tough guy, gentle, I'm not rough guy, just can't eat enough guy, I'm a cocoa puff guy. I'm that dead type, traumatized and sad type, drinking till I'm mad type, don't know how to add type. I'm a fat guy. The new kitten. Duh. <laughs> hey everybody and welcome to Frickin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. A week by week, episode by episode, look back at Family Guy 20 years later and the only show that won't marry your best friend if you disappear on a deserted island. I'm your Family Guy, Ian, and this week we have the one episode that you definitely want to have if you were marooned. It's the perfect castaway. Meanwhile, under Meg Griffin's bra... This is our fourth season's 12th episode and our 62nd episode overall. It was directed by James Purdom and written by John Viner. Viner is not on the commentary, however, James Purdom is, along with Mike Henry, best known for his character Cleveland, but he does a thousand voices, and Mila Kunis, who I believe has exactly one line in this episode. This episode is so funny. And uh, it, it takes a real hard left turn right in the middle of it. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to get into it. But before we do, this episode debuted on September 18th, 2005, which was a big night in television. And we'll talk about it in this week's Concurrent Cartoons. Concurrent Cartoons. This week we had... Three new cartoon episodes, King of the Hill, did premiere with uh, uh, our Simpsons and uh, American Dad and Family Guy episode tonight, making it the very first full animation domination lineup uh, in recorded history. I'm super excited about it. The King of the Hill episode was called Hanks on Board. Uh, The guys that he hangs out with are kind of getting over the fact that he's kind of uptight, so Hank... Uh, decides to let loose and let them be in charge, and in the end, uh, they end up fucking everything up, and he has to go back to being his uptight self to save the day. The Simpsons episode that premiered was called The Girl Who Slept Too Little, and it's one of my favorite episodes of the newer seasons. Uh, This is where they protest to have a stamp museum from being built right outside uh, their yard. The Simpsons do. And uh, instead of a stamp museum, a quiet stamp museum, they end up having a graveyard built right next to their property. And Lisa's room is the only one that looks out on it. And she's really scared and she can't go to sleep. And she's having terrible nightmares. And it ends in a sequence um, with art from Where the Wild Things Are. And it's a really, really good episode. Um, It's lots of the Lisa episodes are really good, and it's not just because it's a Lisa episode, but it's just a really funny episode. It's got a lot of funny jokes, especially in the front end uh, when they're protesting the Stamp Museum. 
The episode of American Dad that played was called A Smith in the Hand. Uh, it's the hilarious, hilarious episode where Stan teaches Steve to combat his urges to masturbate uh, with handicrafts and such. And Steve ends up hurting Stan's penis with a soldering gun. And uh, Stan has to put uh, lotion on it to, to help it heal. And he becomes addicted to masturbating. And he ends up taking over television because he blames it on television. And it's so, so funny. I recommend seeing all of those episodes. But that wasn't the only thing that happened that night. They also played uh, Pearl Harbor on television, uh, which is a you know a big, long, uh, good movie with lots of good a- actors in it. But they also played the 57th Emmy Awards that night, and uh, you know a lot of people won. Tony Shalhoub won. Lots of people from Everybody Loves Raymond won. Uh, the Daily Show. Uh, won uh, for their category, and Felicity Huffman won. J.J. Uh, Abrams won. Just a bunch of white people won. You know, uh, you know how it goes. But uh, it was uh, a really good episode, uh, or a really good night for cartoons that night. Those episodes are all really, really good. And um, a lot of people think that by this time The Simpsons wasn't funny anymore, but I don't believe that to be true. The Simpsons is always funny. The new episodes they're putting out right now, the current uh, animation domination they're doing right now is so, so funny. And they're just about to debut their new uh, season of Duncanville and a new show uh, that's like uh, it's like Secret Life of Pets, but like a, like a Fox cartoon of it. Uh, it looks really funny. So, but it, like I said, this was a really good night. And now we're gonna get you into your uh, Family Guy episode, The Perfect Castaway. This week's episode starts with Peter and his crew out on his fishing boat trying to make a living. Uh, Peter's uh, guys pull in a a net. They've only caught one teeny tiny little fish sticklet of a fish. And a seagull comes and takes it anyway. And Peter's like, ah, damn penguins. And it's so funny. Uh, But when they get back to shore, Peter's like, oh, God, I'm sorry, guys. It's just... I, I can't pay you, so I'm just going to have to put you down. And he's loading a shotgun, and they're like, oh my god, he's going to kill us. And the other one's like, ugh, I just got my hair the way that I like it. And uh, Santos e Pasquale uh, jump into the water and swim away before Peter can murder them uh, like dogs that he can't afford. And uh, manage to get away, luckily. <laughs> and... um. Later on, we see Lois and Brian at the house, and they're watching TV, and it's a really funny Gilmore Girls joke. We now return to Gilmore Girls. Mom, I need to talk to you about Dean. Which Dean? Howard Dean, James Dean, or Jimmy Dean? Ugh, too old, too dead, and too fattening. You don't have to tell that to my thighs. Can you ask her thighs if they borrowed my Gap Capris? They did not, and they're insulted that you even asked such a thing. As insulted as Kitty Kelly when people accuse her of taking liberties with her best-selling tell-alls? Almost. Want to make out? Absolutely not. Oh, you're so lying. I so am. Peter comes in and he's like, ah, I, I didn't catch any fish today. And Lois is like, well, Peter, you know, we you we count on you to make money. And he's like, I know, I'm sorry. I only caught this turtle. I hollowed him out. At least Stewie can use him as an ashtray. It's a little joke. I just wanted to put it in there. But Peter's not making any money. He's like, man, you guys must think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a loser. I'm a bigger loser than when I was on that game show. 
And we get a cutaway to Peter on a really funny game show called Bobcat or Bjork. And now back to America's favorite game show, Bobcat or Bjork. Okay, Peter, listen closely and tell us if this is a song by Icelandic vocalist Bjork or the rantings of former comedian Bobcat Goldthwait. Here we go. Oh, Bill, that's got to be Bobcat. Oh, sorry. That was Bjork. And when we come back from that, we're with Peter and the boys at the bar. Um, he's, you know, Peter's like, man, I'm, I'm going to lose everything. And Seamus is like, if you're looking for fish, you're going to want to go to Pelican's Reef. And, uh, Seamus, he's like, if, he's like, there'll be lots of fish there. Uh, it's, it's full of fish. It is the main theme of what I'm trying to get through to you here. And, um, he, he keeps just saying it and he's like, um, no one's ever come back. All who've gone have never returned. It's pretty dangerous, I think, is the main bullet point of what I'm trying to get to pass to you. And it's he just keeps doing that joke over and over again, and, and there's a payoff for it later. Um, but Peter's like, hey, you know, I'm up for any challenge. You know, I once outfarted Michael Moore. Hi, dear. How you doing? and that joke is so fucking funny i think i remember that probably it's like the joke i remember from this episode but peter says goodbye to the family he's like brian you're in charge uh chris don't pick your bum no promises and uh and meg if you get intimate with a guy make him wear this and he holds up a trash bag and she's like dad that's a trash bag he's like hey hey hefty 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 wimpy 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 and he's holding up a condom and uh, it's from an old uh glad i think or no, I can't remember what company it is, but that's from an old trash bag commercial. But he tells Lois goodbye, and he's like, look, I built you a widow's walk. He's like, go on it. And she's like, ah, it looks really unstable. I don't want to. He's like, come on, I have to leave in like five minutes. And so she goes out on it, and it fucking breaks after. She's like, is that scotch tape? And she falls, and he's like, ha, <laughs> drunk. And we cut out to the guys playing... Uh, I never out on the boat. The guys are going to come out and uh, help him catch all these fish. They're playing I never. And they're saying things like, uh, uh, I never did a woman with the lights on. I've never had sex with Cleveland's wife. And every time they say anything, uh, Quagmire has to drink. We get a dissolve, and he's had like 30 beers. And they're getting really specific. Like, I've never given a monkey a reach around while someone from Joanne Fabrics chokes me. And he's like, oh, come on. And he takes a drink. He passes out. And they're like, let's ride on his face. And they're all laughing. And uh, the next day, instead of drawing a penis on his face, they just write the word penis on his face. And I think that's one of the funniest 
subtle jokes that I've picked up on uh, doing this. Because, like, they couldn't obviously draw a penis on his face, but you're damn right they can fucking write the word fucking penis on his face, and that's fucking hilarious. Uh, the next day, when they wake up and he has penis on his face, their fucking boat is just surrounded by fish, and they've caught this huge haul, and um, we get a, a joke from the vaudeville guys, um... Peter's like, I'm gonna be rich, and the vaudeville guy's like, rich? You know what's rich? Uh, the, the 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 smooth melodies or whatever of uh, of a young Will Rogers, and I only mention it because I'm from Oklahoma, and there's like, I Will Rogers is from like here. I pass his like museum all the time. Just wanted to throw that out there, and also they talked about it on the commentary. Uh, Seth MacFarlane really loves these guys. Uh, but the, then we uh, cut back to the house and we see Brian and Lois watching some news about some really bad weather that's heading Peter's way. In local news, we have more on the approach of Hurricane RuPaul, which is working his or her way up the coast. Let's go live to Ollie Williams with the Black U Weather Report. Ollie? It's raining sideways! Sounds rough, Ollie. Do you have an umbrella? Had one! Where is it? Inside out, two miles away! Is there anything we can do for you? Bring me some soup! What kind? Chunky! All right, we'll get on that. Coming up next, a pig who refuses to eat Jews? And after the news section, Lois is like, Oh, a hurricane? Oh, no. And Brian's like, hey, don't worry about it. Uh, we get a cutaway to a Kobe uh, Bryant joke. Uh, and then the guys back in the boat are celebrating. They're like, oh, man, they had just caught this huge haul. Like, they have this giant pile of fish. They're all having a beer. And uh, Peter's like, man, I'm going to be able to pay off my bills. And I'm going to be able to take care of my family. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to even afford to, to finance my Christmas album. Sessions presents A Peter Griffin Christmas. Featuring such standards as everybody look at the snow in the yard. And who could forget? I brought these gifts for you. They're up in my bum. And everyone's favorite. La 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 la. Look at the bells. Look at the bells. Holy crap! Here comes Jesus, and he doesn't look too happy. Merry Christmas, everyone. And that joke's really funny, and apparently Mike Henry really wanted to do that uh, joke, uh, but he also had a fucking really funny joke that he said in the commentary. He said, um, um, it was something about dudes fucking, it was like, Sessions presents the sounds of dudes fucking, or something like that, and it was just like, ow, 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 I didn't know that you were gay, or something like that, but, um... But the commentary for this was actually pretty funny. Uh, then Death, it, the camera pans over and Death is there and he asks for a beer from him. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, me? I'm here for that. And he points up to a giant wave. And uh, their boat goes like 90 degrees on it. And it gets crashed down. It's, it's, like, a, uh, it's, like, a, it's like a perfect shot for the perfect storm. Which this movie is, or not this movie, this episode is, uh, the title of it is The Perfect Castaway. It's a mashup of The Perfect Storm and The Castaway. And the first half of it is exactly like that. 
but uh, their boat gets completely fucking wrecked, and then we hear Seamus do uh, some voiceover, and we cut out to him doing a business seminar that seems really nice. Our boys survived, but just by the skin of 12 of Quagmire's best blow-up dolls. Uh, They managed to make a raft out of all of them. And Quagmire manages to get uh, one of the funniest jokes ever. He's like, be careful, the tiniest prick could pop one of these. Giggity. And then you hear just someone munching, and they're all suspicious, and they're like, Peter, are you eating something? Are you hiding food? And they they wrestled away from him, and he was eating Joe's fucking feet. And uh, he's just got these stubs that are just eaten down to the fucking bone, and it's fucking terrible. He's like, you've been eating me! He's like, look, let's just agree to disagree, and it's so fucking funny. Um... They, uh, while they're fighting, they see land and they are all start paddling for it. And, uh, it's, it's a deserted island and Peter's like, man, I feel like just like my ancestor, Ponce de Leon Griffin. And we get a cutaway and it's just Peter in a, in an old timey Spanish colonizer, uh, outfit. He finds the fountain of youth. He goes in, but doesn't put his head in and he comes out and he's got a man head, but a baby body and it flops over and he's like, ha. Did not think this through. And uh, I don't know why, but it's so funny. When uh, we go back to Quahog, we are seeing Adam West give a memorial service uh, for all of the guys and the family and everyone in town is there uh, to pay their respects to the fallen gentleman. We gather today to remember those brave Quahog men who were lost at sea. The Bible declares an eye for an eye. So let us now take our vengeance. (laughs) You won't be hurting anyone anymore. I just can't believe he's gone. Uh, Don't worry, Lois. We'll get through this. Daddy, I'm going to miss you. (laughs) Daddy! (laughs) Oh, Daddy! I know, sweetie. I'm sad, too, but you're making a scene. All our friends are here. And I think it's so funny that Adam West tried to stab the scene. and he's like, all right, an eye for an eye. And uh, Lois, uh, in the commentary, like, I guess Lois has a little bit of her parents in her when she tells Chris to calm down because the, all of the people in town are there. But uh, we see Peter uh, back at the uh, island. He's trying to spearfish. And he looks down at his pocket watch like Tom Hanks and Castaway looking at a... Oh, what's her face in his pocket watch? But Peter is Captain Caveman. He's like, I'll see you again, Captain Caveman. And I do like Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman! But their guys are still sitting around the fire. They're still with the hypotheticals. You know, what would you rather be? A little person or a blind person? Uh, and there's just they're still going on with that. Uh, we get a jump cut in time, and Peter suggests an orgy. We all know that men have certain needs, and being that there's no women around, we're gonna have to have an orgy. Uh, anybody horny? No. No. 
No. Yeah, me neither. Uh, and uh, whoever's toe that is, uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but uh, I think you can stop. Boy, I'm sure glad nobody's here to see this. And if you look off the left side of the ship, you'll see a bunch of homosexuals. A la izquierda del barque, podemos ver las fanny bandits. Well, that was a great cruise. Yeah, the buffet was great. And I enjoyed shooting skeet. Don't worry, Mr. Ulrich. We'll get you to the hospital. You bastard. There's nothing good about what you do or who you are. And it's so fucking funny that they get found by uh, a cruise ship. And then I can't quite figure out who uh, Cleveland uh, shot. It's someone named Ulrich. I think it's like... I can't remember who it is, but I vaguely remember someone with that name at that time uh, with that name who is known for being a douche, I think. But uh, it's neither here nor there. They do get saved. Peter comes home, and they're all like, oh, my God, it's you, and they're all rushed to hug him. Even Stewie hugs him, but Stewie has to be like, hey, what's your name again? I want to say Alan? Even though Lois had just said, Peter! And, uh, yeah, but he goes to kiss her, and, and she's like, no, and he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, I, I, I remarried while you were gone. And he's like, you remarried? Who? And then Brian comes in, he's like, honey, I'm home. And, yeah, Lois married Brian while Peter was uh, lost on the island because Brian got a job and, and took care of the family. And she won't divorce Brian. Peter's like, well, just divorce him and, and get back with me. And she's like, no, I won't do that. Um, Brian has been really great with the kids. Uh, uh, Stewie's been good. Uh, Chris has been getting better grades. And, and Meg even went on a date with the Super Friends. Uh, with the announcer from the Super Friends. Meanwhile, under Meg Griffin's bra. And that's so funny. Meanwhile, under Meg Griffin's bra. And I think that's so fucking funny. Um, except for the fact that Meg vaguely looks, she just has like a, she, I don't know. She doesn't look quite excited about it, which I'm not sure about, but Peter can't call, uh, Peter's like, man, uh, if we don't do something quick, I'm going to have to, or no, he's like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to go live on my own. I, I'm maybe I'll even get my old job back at the construction site, even though I couldn't get the cat calls white. We get a cat or a cutaway to. Peter trying to cat call with the rest of the dudes, and they're all like, yeah, baby, uh, you looking good. And he's like, you suck. And, uh, which is so fucking funny. Sometimes they just come out of left field with these, like, little jokes that just crack me the fuck up. And that's one that's always made me laugh really fucking hard. But we cut up to the bedroom, and Brian and Lois have separate beds. Um, and Brian's like, look, I understand you're going through a hard time. And Lois is like, look, I, look, I am, but it's fine. I'm with you. And, uh, that's the way it's going to stay. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. Any chance tonight's going to be the day that we, you know, push the beds together. And she's like, good night, Brian. And he's like, all right, well, I'll be in the basement. And she's like, doing, doing what? What do you think? And, uh, he's going to go downstairs to masturbate. Lots of masturbating on this uh, block of cartoons tonight. So, uh, any possibility of uh, tonight being the night we finally push the beds together? <laughs> Good night, Brian. Come on. Jeez, enough with that already. You're like a dog with a bone. Tell me about it. 
I'll be in the basement. Doing what? What do you think? But that's the first time that they do that joke. Back at the bar, Joe has some new legs, uh, courtesy of a death row inmate. Unfortunately, he was a paraplegic as well, so they don't work. Um, Quagmire does a real... Peter is asking for advice, and Quagmire has some really bad advice, but it's really funny. Yeah, like, like we could get her drunk and take turns having sex with her. How would that help me? Oh, help you. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, then no, no, that, then that, that wouldn't help you. And then finally, with Joe's help, Peter decides that he is going to win Lois back. And he's like, you know, I can do anything, you know. I, I once built a time machine out of a DeLorean. And we get a really funny cutaway to him just smashing a DeLorean into, like, a mall, the wall of a mall or whatever. And just pe he catches everything on fire and everyone's running out. And he's like, huh. Everyone back in 1955 was on fire. I never knew that. And with Peter determined to win his wife back from his best friend, the dog, we're going to turn things over to me in a really fun, frickin' sweet stuff. This week we have a few recommendations for your listening pleasure in our first segment, Frickin' Sweet Podcasts. This week I wanted to tell you guys about a podcast that I listen to every day uh, during the weekdays. It's called The Daily Beans. It's hosted by Allison Gill and on most days Dana Goldberg and is so fuck. It's it's news with swearing. Uh, that's how they describe it on their website. It's women owned and operated. They also have Amy Carrera uh, come on on Fridays to do some stuff. And they're all really, really funny in this this show is so awesome. They take you through the news of the day and they give you some context and they add some comedy on top of it. Uh, they always have some of the most engaging interviews. Uh, I listen to it, like I said, every day. Um, and every day they, they manage to find people with expertise in what they're talking about. And is, it's, it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And also at the end of the show, uh, they do um, listener sent in stuff, and a lot of it's really fun. They play some games, and it's really fun. Another podcast I want to talk to you guys about is called Opening Arguments. It's hosted by a real-life lawyer and a comedian, Andrew Torres and Thomas Smith, respectively. This is the most informative podcast uh, I think that I listen to, uh, and that I think is out there. It's really awesome. It's really funny. Both guys are really, really funny. Andrew Torres, who is a lawyer, uh, takes you through the, the things that are going on in the court system, uh, today, the high profile court stuff, and also what's going on with, um, with politics and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really, really informative, but they also make it really, really fun and really funny. Uh, they play a game where they ask questions from the bar exam, and uh, the comedian tries to to get a lot in a row. It's really fun. I really recommend it. And there's also a third podcast I'd like to recommend to you. The lawyer from that show, Andrew Torres, as well as the host of The Daily Beans, Allison Gill also host a show that comes out on Wednesdays called Clean Up on Aisle 45. It is all about covering 
the injustices of the Trump administration as well as what the current DOJ is doing uh, to to clean up the aisle on 45. It's really awesome. It's a power hour that it team up. It feels like an Avengers movie. Um, and they also have really, really great interviews that I love to listen to. And it's it's really, really informative. And I, I wanted to bring you guys uh, some of my favorite podcasts that I listen to uh, weekly, daily, and twice weekly in the case for opening arguments. This week, we also wanted to talk to you about a really, really weird and fun book that I have recently started reading. It is called Tanya Grotter, and we're going to talk to you about it in freaking sweet books. Oh, finally, another reader in the family. You know, these are some of my favorite books and authors. Oh, what are you reading right now? Oh, boy. How you, uh, how you coming on that novel you're working on? Huh? Got a big, uh, big stack of papers there? I ain't ever read a book in my entire life. Tanya Grotter is a Russian, uh, basically, it's a it's a Russian fantasy novel written by Dmitry Yemitz, and it's basically a ripoff of Harry Potter. There's so many similarities that I think there was a lawsuit, and so there's no English translation, or so I thought. I did a lot of digging. I found one. I've started reading it online. It's awesome. Uh, like I said, I'm currently reading it, and yeah, it's definitely a ripoff. Um, it's a lot of it is um, gender bent. Uh, Tanya Grotter's a girl. The um, the Voldemort character is named is named Chuma del Tort and is a woman. Um, the the character of Dumbledore is different. I believe the McGonagall character is played by Medusa. It's really weird, and it added, adds in a bunch of Russian uh, stuff to make it more more Russian-centric because it, it is written for Russian. It's it's sold over a million copies in Russia and has never been um, translated into English. And the similarities of it are freaking endless. Tanya's parents are killed by the evil witch. Uh, she thinks that her parents were killed in an avalanche and that her, her father's in prison. Like Harry thinks his parents died. She's got a mysterious birthmark on her nose. She's left on the doorstep of her second cousins who treat her entirely. Uh, they treat her poorly and they, and, and they spoil their daughter, Penelope. Uh, when she's 10, having no previous knowledge of her powers, she inv- she's invited to the school uh, Titty Box, a school for difficult-to-raise mages. Uh, the remote school can only be reached by flying or teleportation. She makes two very special friends, and she becomes an outstanding player in a game called Dragon Ball, flying on a double base. The first book is called Tanya Grotter and the Double Base. Um, she's found in the case for a double base and it's so freaking weird. The bad guys or the bad, uh, which is seeking an amulet. Uh, the story's climax is in the story's basement and 
Tanya and her friends have to fight Chuma del Tort. They win, and the amulet is lost, like the Philosopher's Stone is destroyed, and that is just her first semester at school. There are so many uh, similarities between it that it 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 was never uh, allowed to be uh, translated in English. But like I said, I did find a translation, and it's a little rough, but it is really, really funny. And it reminds me of a uh, like an inexplicable that seventy sh- uh, show British version where it's literally the exact same thing, but with an all British cast just set in Britain, and it's so fucking funny. And lastly, we wanted to do a review for a game that I just got. I just got a Nintendo Switch, and I just got a brand new video game called the new Pokemon Snap. This game was so, it well, it is so fun. I'm not even close to finishing it. It's a sequel to the Pokemon Snap game from 1999 for the Nintendo 64. This game came out on April 30th, uh, 2021. So it's just a few weeks old. Uh, I, I bought it and it's just so fucking fun and so, um, so, it's engaging, it's beautiful all the levels are amazingly well put together the control system is exactly how uh it was for the uh nintendo 64 uh with with some obvious differences but it's it's really really fun um and it's 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 got the same judging system and there's more levels and there's more pokemon to take pictures of and i i can't oversell how beautiful this game is i played it on uh, my big TV, um, but you know, not just playing it on that, but also playing it on the Nintendo Switch screen uh, in the smaller version. Both are just so, so clear, so beautiful, and and so I really applaud the Pokemon uh, company putting this game together after so many years of of fans like me wanting it to come out. Um, I've been a Pokemon fan ever since it came out, and I've never stopped, and. Playing this game was, it was a trip, man. Like, I can't even, like, tell you how crazy it was to be playing a new Pokemon Snap. And uh, so far, I think my favorite level has, there's an underwater level that's really, really fun. Um, But there's one where you go along the beaches at night, and it's just so fucking beautiful. And there's, like, mantines splashing in the water. It's crazy, crazy cool. And with that, we will get you back into your episode of Family Guy, The Perfect Castaway. Welcome back. And Peter decides he's going to try to seduce Lois in the same way that they do in Varsity Blues. He covers himself in uh, uh, whipped cream all over his genitals and it all starts melting away. And Lois is like, look, I, I can't do this. I'm married to Brian. And he's like, ugh, fine. Wait, do you have a do you have a magnet in your head? Because it's attracting my bones of steel, and he basically tackles her with his fucking ass, and she's like, "Oh, I can't resist this anymore," and they just start fucking. And Stewie comes down, he sees them, and he f- just starts screaming. And Adam West hears him and believes that he he's having a shouting match with Quahog. Ah! 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 
So it's a shouting match you want, eh? Well, game on, Quahog. I'm beating you! That joke is so fucking... I'm beating you! It's so funny. Adam West is the best, and I wish that we could have had, like, a like a, a a buddy movie between Adam West and Patrick Stewart and they could just say whatever uh whatever Seth MacFarlane uh wanted him to say but Brian is at work his manager is Patty Tanager former caddy manager and he comes over and he's like hey Brian your sales are in the toilet anything wrong at home and Brian's like no why would you say that he's like look I'm just saying you know you'll ex-husband's back wife's home alone they have time to bump uglies yeah i said bump uglies what of it you want to fight about it and brian's like you're crazy patty and uh he tries calling home but we we cut home and peter and lois are just fucking and in the middle of the call herbert comes over and he's like uh i, I was do you have an ice cream truck i i, I want to be able to play some music for the young children so funny this episode's really fucking funny and i feel so bad for brian uh uh pretty much through this back half of the episode because lois is like oh i don't want to i don't want to just tell brian to fuck off but by the end of the episode she basically tells brian to fuck off but um Lois comes downstairs. She's trying to leave the house. And Brian's like, where are you going? And she's like, uh, b- book club. And he's like, it's 1030 at night. And you have a saddle. She's like, uh, 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 you, is this your ball? And he's like, yes, yeah, that's my ball. And she's like, do you want your ball? And he's like, yes, I would like that ball, please. And she's like, okay, go get the ball. And she pretends to throw it. And he comes back, uh, I'm sorry, Lois. I, I thought you threw the ball, and then I, I see that you clearly still have it. And then she throws it, and he runs away. And uh, when he runs away, Lois sneaks out of the house, and he comes back, and he's like, Lois? And Stewie's like, how can you be this stupid? Do you want to see what they do when you're gone? And he turns on a tape, and um, the first thing that, that he sees is uh, Stewie's audition for the real world. Hello, MTV. Um, I think I would be perfect for the real world uh, because I speak my mind, and uh, not everyone likes that. Uh, but I'm not afraid to go there, and uh, I can be sexy. Turn around, look at my fanny, look at my fanny, look at my fanny. Wow, I can't believe they didn't take you. Shut up! Then uh, he gets to the part where Lois and Peter are having sex, and I and it's first off it's fucked up because Stewie filmed his parents having sex, but also it's funny because in it Peter's like eh 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 Shazam, and that's the second time that he's done that like from Shazam, and that's really fucking funny. But he's like, how could they do this to me? And Brian rushes off to confront them, and he finds them in a hotel. He sees their shadows going to kissing and falling onto the bed, and then he sees Alfred Hitchcock's shadow for some fucking reason. And uh, he goes upstairs to uh, confront them, and uh, but before he can, he hears Lois break it off with Peter inside, and he's like, okay, well... I'm going to go home, and I'm going to do the right thing. And then, uh, oh, it, it, Peter, at the end, while he's talking to Lois, brings up a... He's like, oh, and by the way, Lois... Hi, 
He's a dog? And Lois is like, look, I'm sorry. I just can't do this anymore. And so they all go home. Uh, back at the house, uh, Stewie is playing with his Simon Says. It's really cute. He's like, I like to make up a song. He's like, I like tea and cake for tea and cake time. And so, like, I, like I've said it before, but whenever Stewie just some does something like little kid, it's so freaking cute. But Brian, when Lois comes in, is like, look, I, I think we should break up and you should go back to Peter. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you're a good dog or something like that. And the whole time Stewie's commentating, he's like, uh, you got jacked. You got jacked, bitch. Oh, yeah, how's that feel? And then when they're, like, making up at the end, he's like, oh, that's kind of nice. And it's so fucking funny. And uh, Peter's like, oh, oh, thank God everything's back to normal. And Lois is like, yeah, and I was a day away from having sex with you, Brian. And we get our second, what do you think, joke? Well, thank God everything's back to normal, eh? I'll say. And to think, Brian, I was like a day away from having sex with you. I was going to push those beds together and take you around the freaking world, Brian. <laughs> but a nice pat on the head is just as good, huh? <laughs> you want your ball? You want your ball? No, Lois, I don't want the ball right now. I'll be in the basement. Doing what? What do you think? <laughs> okay, somebody's going to have to explain that to me. And that is where we get the end of our episode and our credits. And that'll do it for us here at Frickin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. I've been your host and Family Guy, Ian. I've had a lot of fun this week. This episode is so funny. It's got a lot of funny jokes from the Michael Moore farting contest to Stewie's audition for the real world. It was so much fun. And next week we're going to have a lot of fun as well. Next week we're going to be covering the episode Jungle Love. Chris, tormented by older high school students, joins the Peace Corps and marries a tribal girl and plans to never return. And in his attempt to retrieve Chris, Peter finds out that he's a big shot there because he's got ten bucks on him. And actually infuriates the entire tribe while trying to rescue Chris. But it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot less awkward than it sounds. But if you'd like to send us an email, you can at frickinsweetfamilypod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our page at anchor.fm slash sweet. There you can not only send us and voicemail that we will play right here on the show, but you can also check out our entire backlog of episodes, including 61 other episodes of Family Guy, as well as special episodes, including The Origins of Family Guy, Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story, and Star Wars Blue Harvest. Those were so, so much fun. We also did a bunch of stuff between our seasons three and four, uh, including freaking sweet movies, freaking sweet cartoons, and a big, long, freaking sweet stuff. Extra, extra size for all of you uh, size queens out there. This episode was so much fun, and I can't wait to get into our next one. So I'm going to end the show, so hopefully that comes a little bit quicker. But we'll see you next week, guys. Later. It seems today that all you see is vile. Hey! A bag of weed, a bag of weed, oh, everything is better with a bag of weed. It's the only nothing you'll ever need because... They try to defeat me, they can all just freaking eat me. To make you call fellatio a trouser-friendly kiss is the plain situation. Be sure that you see that this is not a chive. And 
they'll never know that I was stroking a cat the entire second half of the episode, like the bad guy from Inspector Gadget, Dr. Claw. I'll get you next time, frickin' sweet listeners! Ha 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 ha!